You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. we're a little low on energy so yeah. i think we need to maybe because by thursday so we're recording this on a thursday and this week is actually the first week i've gotten back into working out before work oh, which is like my yeah. favorite Me too. thing ever i feel like i have time to myself mm-hmm. before and it just makes my day so much better mm-hmm. but by the time it hits thursday and i've woken up at 5 30 all week i'm like dead yeah so yeah this week has been a little rough so i officially don and i started um brie's um so body by brie we had her on the podcast yeah. um we started her thailand challenge officially this week what if you so, win oh my gosh going to thailand i feel like you have a shot between <laughs> the two of you if i like in eight weeks like... i just have like abs <laughs> Like what? We go to our sweat fix event, and you're just in like this crop top. Yes. Okay. Listen. Here's the deal. (laughs) I was having a conversation with Kayla, my coworker and friend, and (laughs) we were talking about how if we had abs, we would literally just wear crop tops all the time. Yeah. Because like, why not? Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> that is not. The I don't case. think I will ever have an ab in no, my entire life. Probably not. And like Dan and I have been working out a couple times a week because he's doing strength training for the marathon, oh, which yeah, I'm excited about. That's good. I've been like, you need to do this. Like, <laughs> it will help you not get hurt. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. But one of the days is like arms and abs, and I like catch him looking at his abs oh, in the mirror, my God. and I'm like. You're annoying. Dan, get over yourself. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and laugh. But it's true. You know it's true, Dan. Um, so this week has also been a struggle because I got my freaking period two weeks early. Like, what is that about? I don't know that I've ever gotten it that early. No, I never have. And, like, I literally had it two weeks ago. Do you think it's travel? I think it's, like, travel and, like, I feel like I'm starting to get sick. Like, I think it's just, I don't know. Yeah. New your body's year, like, new period. What? <laughs> I don't know. That's unfortunate. Um, it is. But I don't want to bring everyone down. So <laughs> we're going to talk about some really exciting events we have coming up. We have a lot, guys. We have a lot. So Actually, the first one is exclusive to our facebook page so we're actually not going to talk about that right now because in order to find out about it you have to go join our facebook page which is the super exclusive detox and chill facebook page just search that we will add you it's not that exclusive we've had a rough history with understanding facebook but we get it now yeah so we will immediately add you in (laughs) yeah so go check out what we're doing there it's very exciting it's basically we'll give you a little hint it's like Mine and Meg's Super Bowl of the year, but it's not the Super Bowl. So go check that out. The second event, um, we had her on last week. Mm -hmm. So Elise is going to be teaching an amazing sweat fix class. Yes. 
so it's March 2nd, so we're kind of thinking, because it'll be at 11 a.m., do the workout, maybe go out to lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we will get you the details. It'll be all of our Instagram as well, but we're pumped about that um, to go just, like, work out with you guys, me have a little, like something yeah become best friends you know as the you whole do deal. yeah <laughs> um so we have some awesome events coming up we have more to announce but for now um sweat fix and the super exclusive event yes so Which, go check those out just a hint on that if you have some amazing pjs then you want to join the group and yeah. hear about the event you'll want to wear them <laughs> um so leading into our amazing guests today um, so we have Michelle Ranava on the podcast. She is... She's an angel. <laughs> she is an angel sent from above. <laughs> she's she's such a sweet, genuine, mm-hmm. down-to-earth human. And Beautiful. Stunning. <laughs> Michelle, I swear we're not creepy. Yeah, but we love you. We love you. <laughs> um, so she has a company called Ranava Botanics. Um, it's... A line of skincare, hair care, and it's all about self-care. So all about finding a self-care ritual that's really luxurious, elegant. It's the whole experience. Um, so we talked to her about her background, which is not in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about how she does it with her two kids, what her days look like. Just mm-hmm. we picked her brain and she has some great advice. Yeah. She's been so generous to offer us a discount code. So we'll definitely be sure to share that on our Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. once we have it nailed down. Check our Instagram because we're going to be doing something awesome and fun with the brand and you don't want to miss it mm-hmm. yeah basically we it. have a ton of really cool stuff coming up and we're so excited to share it with you um i'm not gonna lie we have been like hustling hard this year even though it's like been three weeks yeah um but it has been like such a good revival of our creativity our mm-hmm. ideas just the hustle you know our passion project so we're just so excited yeah about it and that is a testament to taking a break yes when you need it yes for anyone out there if you feel bad about taking a break don't because you'll come back Mm -hmm. fresh and i feel like we're in the flow again and things are just happening i don't think we would be where we are if we didn't take that time off so um we hope you enjoy this episode don't forget to rate and review on itunes on stitcher and spotify yeah it might be up today or tomorrow. <laughs> but still, that's so exciting. We'll keep you updated on Spotify. It's coming in the next week or so. Um, so yeah, just enjoy the podcast. We love you. We love you. Thanks for hanging in with us when we're... A know, little loopy. A little loopy. It's fine. <laughs> we love you guys. And enjoy Michelle. Bye. Hi guys, welcome back this week. We're so excited. Um, This week we have Michelle Ranavat on the podcast. We're so excited to talk to her and a little shout out to Lauren B. Beauty for connecting us in the first place. Um, Two fellow LA ladies changing things up in the beauty industry, which we always love. Um, So Michelle, for our listeners, can you just kind of give a little bit of background um, where where you started, I think, would be a great place to begin the podcast. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me on. And thank you to Lauren as well. Um, the interesting thing is I started Ranavat actually 
you know, accidentally. I never really imagined myself as a beauty or skincare entrepreneur at all. And I actually grew up as a complete science geek and science nerd growing up in the house with my dad as a chemist, my uncles, my cousins, my aunts. I mean, we were all just into science and I never really imagined uh, being a part of this industry. And so it's really funny how there have been so many twists and turns in my story that have kind of brought me here. But the first part really starts out pretty traditionally. I grew up in the Midwest and I studied uh, the at University of Wisconsin. I studied industrial engineering and kind of thinking that I was going to go in that same path as my dad. I never really kind of imagined anything else. And after I graduated from there, I went to straight get my master's at Tufts and to actually study engineering management. So something that was like a little more on the business side, I thought, you know, why not kind of get a little more time in the student world and mm-hmm. kind of delay um, thinking about what I actually wanted to do. So I graduated in 2004, which was like a very exciting time for finance. And I mean, everyone like the best and the brightest people were going to investment banking. And I thought, wow, like I need to prove myself. And that's kind of what I thought, you know, I needed to do to feel successful or to feel like I had done something. And so I got a job at Lehman Brothers, which was this amazing company that was growing so rapidly. And, you know, ultimately fast forward six years later, six years later, I mean, the company was completely bankrupt. So crazy. I know it's just amazing. And and so at that point, it was like a real kind of like turning point for me where I thought, wait a minute, this whole concept of success has changed. Like I thought mm-hmm. I was supposed to work at this company and that was going to make me a successful person. And I just never would have imagined like being laid off or just having the entire company go bankrupt and just it was a really sort of trying time, I think. And I think I was very confused because I had sort of set out to prove myself and felt like at the end, I ultimately failed. Um, But I think looking back on it, I'm so glad that that had happened because when I was laid off, my dad sort of said, well, you know, this is like a natural time for you to maybe use your degree. Why don't you come think about what it is that you want to do. You love science. Like, why don't you get back into it? And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I guess you're right. Like, you know, I can always return into finance after. And so he actually kind of, he didn't convince me, but also didn't really have too many other options <laughs> at that time. Um, but he was like, you know, why don't you come work with me? And I really sort of almost did it as a favor to him. Cause I'm like, well, I need to be like that obedient daughter that like, you know, follows yeah, I just want to make him proud. Right. Right. And so I thought, okay, well, I should do that. I mean, I don't have anything else to do. So I'll just like, I'll help him out for a little bit. And he actually did me the biggest favor because I just discovered this love for engineering all over again. I think I had completely lost what that was when I was in finance. I was so just driven to get to that next title to be in corporate America and then kind of stepping back and being with my dad and like, the two of us kind of growing this company that he had started in his basement in Milwaukee in 1981. And it was like, you know, it was just this amazing moment where I felt like just empowered. I felt passionate. 
I loved doing what we were doing. I mean, what I was in charge of was going to all these uh, plants around the world where they were making these pharmaceutical ingredients and looking at quality, um, talking, kind of being the bridge between the customer, which could be like a pharmaceutical company and the manufacturer, and really kind of getting my hands dirty in how things are made. But not only that, like how can you, like what characteristics are involved in like finding the best quality of one thing or the next and Mm -hmm. that was this like huge sort of like light bulb moment and this like passion for me um but at that time I honestly didn't really think of anything beyond that I just felt like it was really applicable to pharmaceuticals and I I never really felt that beauty or skincare or, or working in this area was even attainable for me. It was always just a passion on the side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I think, I mean, especially in the job market right now, we sometimes get comfortable and we forget that it can be volatile at times. So I'm sure, I mean, I've never been laid off before. And I, that is like one of my worst nightmares is like suddenly not having a job and not having an income. Um, So, I mean, the fact that you were able to come out of it and be so optimistic and then find, you know, go back to your true passion of science and engineering is, is a really, really cool story. And I love that you said, um, that you talked about that, you know, you thought you were doing it as a favor to your dad and it ended up being, you know, such a blessing for you. I think that's another thing that we sometimes we're like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this as a favor. But then it's like, wow, this was actually such a great lesson. Um, so, Let's talk about Ranavat Botanics and what you've created. So was there like a certain um, thing that sparked your interest? Was it a product that you had been using before? Or how did you get the idea to start this um, this unique beauty brand? Well, I think it was definitely a number of factors. I think one was just, you know, when I, so I think it really was the fact that when I had my second son, there was this moment where I wasn't on this like hamster wheel. And I think a lot of times when you're in something like, you know, you're working day in, day out, it's really hard to kind of step away from that and think about the bigger picture. Like, what do I want to do in my life in general? Right. And I think we're just focused on finishing the day and and getting things crossed off our to-do list. We're not really thinking about what that bigger picture is. And I think when I was on maternity leave, there were just like three months where I literally had no email except my personal email. You know, so it was like no email obligations. I wasn't seeing anything that was happening with the company. So I was very, very checked out. And I think that helped me think about what it was that I was passionate about just beyond kind of my day-to-day work life. And thinking about my kids now, you know, I have like had two kids at that point. It was like my second, he was really little. And I was just using all these incredible at home remedies. You know, my mom came right when I had my son and she cooked up like 10 or 12 Ayurvedic concoctions that help you, whether it's breastfeeding or just kind of get your body back in tune with itself after giving birth. And I was just seeing these work in front of my eyes and thinking like, wow, this is really powerful. But I'm so lucky that I have my mom to make all these things and half the stuff she even 
got shipped in from India. You know, we didn't have even those ingredients here. And so I felt like at that point that there was some sort of opportunity there to share these incredible recipes and a lot of what was passed down. But I wasn't really passionate about maybe like postpartum. I mean, I think I was going through it, but I wasn't super passionate about it. So I thought like, okay, well, what's a way that I can really apply these beauty rituals or just rituals in general into a space and, and really beauty and skincare kind of just popped into my mind. And immediately I was like, whoa, this is really powerful. That's that's really interesting. And I can totally relate to what you were kind of saying at the beginning there of feeling like your day is just crossing things off a to-do list and like you're just trying to get through the day. Um, today was kind of one of those days for me. And I was like, you, you know, it becomes like you're trying to manage your schedule. By the time you get home, it's like, sometimes I'm so tired that I can't be creative anymore. So mm-hmm. I totally relate to that. I think it's a struggle that we have um, in today's world where we're kind of always on, like we're always available. Um, so I love what you were saying with that. I would love to hear more about Ayurveda. And I know that it plays a role in your products, but can you um, share that with our listeners, kind of the connection there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ayurveda, it's really interesting because I do, when I do trainings, I think that's kind of the big thing that people are wondering. And I know at this point, people have heard of it before. And maybe it's like the second time that they're hearing about it, but they still have some questions. And so I just kind of ask a couple of simple things. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to know what Ayurveda is, like, let's, have you ever, you know, taken a yoga class? So maybe there's a couple hands that go up. And I'm like, have you ever eaten Indian food? And there's like some other hands that go up? Or have you ever, like, listened to a meditation app? And then there's other hands. And so I'm like, you know, all of you guys are actually experiencing what Ayurveda is in some way, shape or form. And it may not be exactly by the book, but that's really the sense of it. And I think a lot of us actually are more familiar with it than we think. Um, but ultimately kind of the, the real definition, it's just the science of life. And it's just a way that uh, Indian people back in the day, they didn't have a formal, you know, they didn't have real medicine. This is just our herbal remedies it's actually a very sort of sophisticated science where there's actual books there's ayurvedic practitioners there's decoctions and concoctions which are basically prescriptions as you can imagine you know and so all of this is very exact it's very science and so instead of taking a very science or medicinal approach like i wanted skincare to be or even just self-care in general to be a very luxurious and something that you want to do. Like if I had to tell you like, okay, take five teaspoons of this and, you know, call me tomorrow. Like that's a different (laughs) feeling than, you know, like immerse yourself in the sensorial experience and think about what, you know, like that's, they're Mm -hmm. two different ways. And so Ayurveda is very science by the book. And I think my approach to it is to take what I'm really resonating with, which are the ingredients in these amazing botanicals and their ability to heal scientifically, but then kind of twisting it a little bit and making it something that's very pleasurable, something that's not medicinal, something that's very soothing. You know, it sort of falls into more of that self-care ritual, sensorial experience versus 
you know, what I think traditional Ayurveda is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so refreshing to hear about a brand that is science backed because I feel like a lot of times in like the wellness world now, there are so many different products or so many different people or influencers, you know, trying to get you to buy things. And, you know, sometimes just like, oh, yeah, this has essential oils and it's so like this is going to cure this, this and this. Um, but I love that you've actually like gotten into the science and you figured out what works best with what. Um, and how to all bring it together into a self-care routine. Um, and I know that the brand also is based a lot on rituals. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about your ritual um, and how you're sharing that with others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just kind of touching quickly on the sort of science background, it's funny because I actually didn't lead with that initially because to me, it's like I felt like I really wanted to focus on the end product. And I just found through sharing the story over and over again, that's the thing that people held on to. That's the people that people that's like the thing that people are really excited about. And I was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I, don't know, I just sort of took for granted this whole engineering background. And it is a huge part of why. I'm so particular on sourcing the ingredients and like what actually goes into a product. But it's funny that you mentioned that and kind of taking that and sort of leading into your next question, you know, rituals are absolutely essential to our overall well-being. But I think what I wanted to do with the idea of, I mean, there's thousands of brands that focus on ritual, right? Like why would, why would my brand be different than that? And I think, one thing that makes Ranavat different is really the thought and the detail that's put behind every single treatment. And not only that, but the ingredients inside. So I think a great example is uh, Mighty Majesty, which is this hair and body serum. It's a jasmine. So good. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's like literally, I mean, it's my favorite thing. It's definitely a bestseller in the line, but you know, the interesting thing with Mighty Majesty, so there's, again, like so many hair oils out there. I think what I found when I was actually creating one is I found that a lot of what marketing or what people would put is really more about how you would feel and not necessarily how the product would perform. So for example, a lot of hair oils have um, dimethicone as a main ingredient. And that's because it sits on top of the hair and feels silky, right? It's like a silicone. It's going to feel very silky and smooth. So you think like, wow, my hair is like smoother and softer. But really what you're experiencing is just the dimethicone, that ingredient, and not your hair being any different. So when you rinse that off or you wash it or shampoo it, that's gone, right? You were just feeling something that was sitting on top. Now, if you get like what Mighty Majesty is, it's very simple, but it's a cold-pressed oil that oil is like penetrating the hair and actually softening your actual hair, which then of course, like that's going to impact your hair health over time and hopefully make it better. So I think when I sort of discovered kind of what was happening, that's like my sort of idea of ritual came from this wanting to not only make it a beautiful experience, but it should actually do something and work for you instead of just, be like a marketing kind of not gimmick but just like it should really 
do what it says it does, you know? And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I was coming from. I love that. And I, I didn't know that about, you know, other hair products. And I think it's just a testament to the quality of yours that it's something that's going to help improve, um, you know, help improve people's hair over time. That's really, really awesome. Um, so I would love to kind of, so we talked about sort of where the idea for Ranabot was formed. Um, and obviously you're really successful now. I, I noticed you were at Neiman Marcus. I even saw Nordstrom. So like these huge retailers, which is incredible. So first of all, congratulations. But I would love to know a little bit about the in-between because I'm sure it's not, a completely linear path. Um, maybe we can touch on like some of your biggest successes and failures along the way. Well, I think honestly, there's just this big perception versus reality thing that I feel is a little bit perpetuated on social media and just in life in general, because as a brand or even as a person, sometimes like you, people want to, it's hard to talk about failures or trying times or how you've grown because you're still trying to grow your business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this mode where perception is different than reality. And I completely feel like I'm still in the weeds and I think I'm still working really hard to get to that next level, whatever that next level is. Um, but of course, you know, I, I was definitely very excited to have these amazing brand partners, but that's really just the first part of getting your product out there. And I think what I've sort of been trying to work on is getting that brand awareness. I think for me, one of the struggles is absolutely like, I like to connect with each person Mm -hmm. on a very personal level. This is why I love being a guest on podcasts. I just, I love sharing a more personal story. And I Mm -hmm. think in this day and age, it's really important to get your product out there, get it in the hands of influencers. I mean, that's a really critical part of growing your business. And for some reason, I feel like I just want to sit with, you know, one-on-one with every person, talk to them about the story. Like, I just feel like I don't like kind of like throwing product out there without having context, because to me, it's not really about that. Uh, and so I, I struggle with that a lot. And I think, you know, if I if I want to grow my business, I think I have to find I can't just, you know, talk to every single person. Um, but I think I'm okay with the the slowness of it. I'm okay with, you know, growing slower because I do want to have this real connection with people. But I do think there's it's a challenge that I I'm always kind of fighting with, and and even just social in general, like how you know I want to be out there more just kind of sharing little tidbits and facts about Ranavat, but it's really just that it's like the fact that I always want to have this like one-on-one genuine connection with people but I think at some point you really do have to find a way to have that conversation you know at a larger scale Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I think that's one thing that we try or struggle with as well as finding that personal connection and sharing these personal stories and and you know really getting out to people who may not have the same resources that other people do um so I also want to say that I think you yourself are a real like a really true representation of what your brand represents I mean first of all like your skin and your hair is absolutely beautiful um (laughs) um, and you have children and a family um and so 
I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and go into that. So how has it been raising children and building this brand at the same time? You know, it's definitely a challenge. And I actually, I have friends that started their companies and then had children and kind of being in my situation. And we were both always saying that we wish we did it the other way around. But I think the reality is it's just, it is very challenging. But I, the biggest lesson that I hope to share with people is that your life does not end when you have kids. I know maybe that sounds obvious or maybe that. that doesn't sound <laughs> obvious, but I mean, I feel like I just started living after having them. Right. I mean, I had these like two other careers that were great and interesting, but now I'm like doing what I've dreamed of doing. And that's after having kids, I started all this. So there's no like end date or it doesn't mean that you have to live, you know, only a one dimensional life. If, if you're happy doing what you're doing, whether it's being a stay at home mom or, you know, starting fresh on a new dream, it's absolutely possible. I mean, is it easy? No, but I don't think it's easy for people that have started their companies and then are trying to start a family either. I don't think either way is really a walk in the park. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much because I can't even tell you, I feel like I'm, I'm, I guess in my officially late 20s now. So I'm 27 Mm -hmm. and I feel like whenever I go home or I like meet up with friends that I grew up with, the question is always like, oh, when are you having kids? But then the commentary is always like better do these things now because, you know, know. like your life's going to be over. (laughs) And I'm just like, that's a terrible way to look at like the vast majority of your life. If you do decide to have kids saying that like, those years are over is like literally the biggest part of your life. It's crazy. (laughs) No, it's crazy. And it's just not true. I think it's all about what you want to do. And for me, like, yes, I can't, like, if it were just Anil and I, my husband and I, I would be flying everywhere, like meeting all these clients. Like I want to go to Paris. I want to go to New York. I mean, of course, like I would travel so much more, but I think what is happening now when I, I am restraining my travel and I'm trying to do things very mindfully. It's almost like a nice sort of like pullback and litmus test to be like, wait a minute, is all of this running around really needed? Mm -hmm. And if it is needed and I do it, I love sort of even having that break, like having a little time away from my family and focusing 100% on work when I'm there. But then knowing when I come back, you know, there might be a couple of days where I'm not working. And I think that's, it's a really nice outlet, to be honest. I think when you have kids, and I think it's a really hard job to be a stay-at-home mom because you don't have another outlet. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it's a nice way to sort of keep both things. And of course, that that means there are a lot of times where I'm juggling both at the same time, and I can't do some things that I feel like I wish I could. Mm-hmm. But that's just part, I think, I think regardless of whether you have kids or not, they're just always you know, you can't be at two places at one time. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. And that's my goal one day um, is to be able to balance both things. So it's just super refreshing. I could talk about that forever. Um, I would love to hear. So I'm always curious, especially as I kind of look towards the future, how all of this fits in. Can we go through a day in your life? I know you probably don't have a typical day, but I, I just want to know how it all fits together. Yeah, you know, I actually try to create as typical of a day as I can. I mean, it never, 
it literally never happens, which is, right. you know, part of the fun. <laughs> but I think the biggest part of being a mom and, you know, a wife and also, you know, running a business that is still really small. So it's not like I have tons of resources to kind of be representatives of me, like at, in many different places. So I think the biggest thing is actually planning and organizing and being as efficient with your time as possible. And so I've spent so much time like before I go to bed or I don't know when I'm like driving in the car thinking about like, how can I make my day really efficient? So the way Mm -hmm. that my day starts is in the morning. So I do the morning drop off with the kids and I draw, I go to one school and then I go to the other. There are two different preschools and this is kind of early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right after they're in school, I go to the gym. And so I go to this class called plate fit. I don't think they have it in Boston yet. Um, so. but it started by a fellow mom who's like amazing. And it's a 27 minute workout. Amazing. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Wait, where was I? 27. Did you hear the 27? Yeah. Minute 27 minutes. Okay. Yeah. 27 minutes. It's so good. And so it just like kicks your butt for 27 minutes, which I love because And it's close to my house. So uh, I just like literally go from one thing to the next. I come back ready. I have my office in a separate room also in my home. So that's great. And I'm, you know, working on my computer, doing what I need to do at that time. And then we actually have help. We have a nanny kind of come and do the afternoon pickup. So at 3.30, that's when the kids kind of start getting out, like between 3.30 and 5. And that's when like everything gets crazy. So Mm -hmm. Um, so I have someone help me pick up the kids and get a little bit of dinner ready sometimes on a few days of the week. And that's a big help because then I can kind of work up till like five, five thirty, And then once that happens, it's like party time at home with the kids <laughs> and just like being away from my phone. Honestly, like I really, at that point, you know, I've worked for a good amount of the day. I, I literally like put my phone upstairs. I try not to think about it and I, um, I just have fun or, or I'm putting out fires with the boys. Like, you know, it's like always <laughs> never know which one is going to be, but it's always like, it's always a great time. We hang out, we have, we eat dinner together. And then at night I actually, so because I work a lot with India I work a lot with Australia. Um, I actually sometimes will jump on the phone at night and get a bunch of stuff done. Like once the kids are asleep and they sleep at eight thirty, so it's pretty reasonable. You have like at least a good hour or two um, mm-hmm. at night to kind of get some workout. So that's kind of my day to day. I mean, I, I do have a lot of travel coming up, which I'm super excited about. But that, you know, of course, throws everything out the window. But it's my typical day. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I think so often we talk to people or we hear stories about entrepreneurs and when they're asked that question of their typical day, they're like, oh, I just kind of like go with the flow and everything seems to work out. And I love that you're realistic and you said that you have to make a plan and you have to have a routine and like you have help since you need it. Like it's it's just it seems so realistic and attainable. And I love that. And I think just talking to you has like re-energized me at least to be like, yeah, Yeah. like there's so much time ahead of us to be able to do the things that we want to do. And you're just a perfect example of that. Well, I don't know about perfect, but I I mean, they're little, (laughs) not at all, but they're little things like, you know, having the lunches ready before the morning. So I'm not like 
you know, waking up even a half hour earlier. I'm just like grabbing it from the refrigerator, running mm-hmm. out the door with the kids, like little things like that. I swear it sounds like, oh, that's saving me five minutes here or there. But I tell you, you add all of those things up and you put a really solid routine and adding the gym in to me, it's like, that's a life changer. Like if yeah. you, I didn't, when I started this company, I did not go to the gym for like a year almost. <laughs> and I felt so awful because I'm, I'm such a health. Like I just, I need it. I need that adrenaline. I love that as part of my schedule. And I just felt like, Oh my gosh, I can't fit it in. There's no way. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I were like, no, we got to fit it in. Like, what's the hack? Like, what do we need to do? (laughs) And then that's when I found plate fit and I found that I could do it right after the drop off. And like, I always time it so -hmm. that I'm not like in between classes. Like I, you know, you just, yeah, it's all about planning. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I can definitely, not with the kids part, but like getting my lunch ready the night before, getting my outfit ready, mm-hmm. like washing my hair the night before. Yes. If I forget to wash my hair or I'm like, oh no, I'll do it in the morning. It never happens. Never like I, happens. It's just too much to wash my hair. <laughs> um, so I think that is just amazing. So um, what's next for Ranava? How can people find you? What are you excited about and what can you share with our listeners? There's, there's so much, I think Ranavat and we just kind of touched upon this just in terms of like, you know, ingredient quality and like focusing on minimal amounts of super high quality ingredients. And I think for me, I just want to continue to stick with that theme. Now, the interesting thing is I view what Ranavat is as more of like a lifestyle experience. So I'm, I feel that it is much deeper than one product or the other. Like, yes, it, it these, you know, I put my heart and soul into these treatments, but I feel like I'm not going to boil this company down into a thing. It's really an emotion and a feeling. And so I want to broaden my, um, like offering to maybe something that's more ritual based. So I'm going to be launching a tea that is an inner beauty Ooh. tea. I'm so excited about that it's like literally the best tasting I will send you guys some it is like the best Yay. tasting tea ever <laughs> and but my whole goal with it isn't to be like oh here's a beverage just gonna do this and this and this it's like it's gonna take you somewhere like I want you to sip it and feel like you're in this like magical place of the Himalayas where it's this like high elevation Darjeeling Darjeeling is like the champagne of teas and it I swear when mm-hmm. you taste it you'll know that this is like not your average tea house tea like it's very sort of refined (laughs) and it has rose petals and calendula to like help with your complexion but the idea is really to take Ranavat in and see it in a different lens like see it outside of just skincare so tea is kind of the first offering that I'm coming out with and then I have a couple of interesting ideas but if anyone out there has any different ideas or thoughts on what you'd like to see from Ranava, I'm totally open and excited to hear, but I'm just thinking, I don't know, it could be fragrances, could be, I don't know, lots of different ideas. And I'd love to hear what everyone has to say too. Yeah. And I think that the tea fits perfectly with kind of the ritual that you were talking about. Um, I can totally see myself like coming home from work, making a cup of tea, using the skincare products. I think that'd be the best experience. <laughs> I'm so excited to try this tea. Yeah, no, it's that's exactly what it is. And it's also kind of paying a little bit of a tribute to what Ayurveda is. And, and that's really 
um, you know, beauty, understanding beauty from the inside out. I think a lot of times when we look at our skin, we're like, oh my gosh, I have acne. I need to like do this or that to that one spot. And I think it's actually so much deeper than what you're seeing on the surface. And basically I think a lot of times we go into treating the symptom and not really what's causing it. Like you could get acne because you're really stressed or you're not sleeping or maybe you're not, your diet is causing some irritation. And basically our skin just has a way of showing us if we're healthy or not. And so instead of kind of focusing on, you know, the, uh, you know, the symptoms, you really want to kind of figure a way to just change your lifestyle in a way that actually eliminates everything. And so that's kind of where the tea sort of comes into play. I love it. I'm so excited. And I know our listeners will be too. Um, If they're interested in finding you on Instagram or Facebook or even looking at your products, where's the best place that they can do that? So it can be at any of our retail partners like Neiman Marcus, Detox Market, Credo Beauty, um, in-store and online, but as well as ronavotbotanics.com. And on Instagram, they just changed my handle to at ronavot. So I hope it's not confusing, but I hope you guys come find me there. That's so funny because I was trying to look through your Instagram today and it said the page wasn't found. And I wonder if that's why, because they were changing it. I know they changed it. And so I think <laughs> I think it's a step in the right direction, but it's also confusing. So if you guys have any trouble, it's just at Ranavat, R-A-N-A-V-A-T. Perfect. Well, I can't believe um, how quickly the time has gone. We we were looking forward, as you know, we've said so many times when we've chatted with you, but for all of our listeners, we've been looking forward to this conversation in particular for months now. So we're so grateful um, that you took your time. We know you're super busy. Um, and for our listeners out there, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast. Um, also join our Facebook group. It's like blowing up and in the best way um so if you search super exclusive detox and chill facebook group we're not super exclusive we'll let you in Um, and we're just having some really great conversations most recently how we can stay happy during the bitter cold of january in boston and all of um the surrounding areas so we would love to see you there um and yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next week Bye.